Real and that's talk. It, really like yeah like by six o'clock people are like i haven't shit all day <laughs> i haven't eaten all day i'm leaving i don't care about anything anymore Welcome to Rated NA, the podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. This is episode number 162, and I am your host, Matt. I'm Ash. And I'm Scott. Yay! Hey, hey everybody. We almost do that smooth. Almost. almost. Still yeah, feels there. weird. Still it is weird. weird. It's uh, when it fits, you feel it. It's like oh. JCPenney. Whoa. That's JCPenney slogan, you guys. <laughs> I did not make that up. That's JC a slogan for JCPenney. Yep. When it fits, you feel it. <laughs> it's feel it god That's, yeah oh chew on like that for a second oh, oy, oy. so listen to this guys i i was pseudo on another podcast this week what what i submitted a question to espn's fantasy underground football podcast <laughs> oh, and boy. they read my question on the show what yeah That's i was amazing. super stoked huh what was your question uh it was a question about draft strategy oh do you yeah. think they have more listeners than we do? Uh, yes. On ESPN, <laughs> I, I, it's a safe bet. It is well, a damn. safe bet. I probably should have tweeted the question from the Nerd Appropriate account. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. We were dealing with Bank of America through the Nerd <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Oh, brilliant. I love it. <laughs> that was uh, – I was about ready to lose my mind. I had like everything up here broke this week at the same time. Like, my computer was broken, my bank card got shut down, like, it was, it was crazy. Uh, I, I was, you need neither a computer nor a bank card. Uh, yeah, there's only so much walking in woods that one can do before <laughs> one goes completely crazy and starts to cannibalize people. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's do the rundown. There's a ton of news. It's... There's a bunch of stuff happened in the news this week in sort of like in gaming and out of gaming and even in topics that we don't cover like politics. So we won't talk about that, mm-hmm. but um, it's just, it's been a, uh, it's been a week. So we'll talk about, uh, so you guys are going to Comic-Con we this are. week. So that's exciting. And uh, so you'll talk about the schedule for Comic-Con and then we'll talk about Kindle, Microsoft, Ubisoft, Nintendo, Weird Al, Destiny, out there in Hearthstone. And then uh, I'll talk a little bit more about Squid's Odyssey that I've been playing on the 3DS. And then we all picked up a Guardians of the Galaxy game, the Universal Weapon for iOS. Indeed. Yeah. Which is weird because I don't think we talked about it together. Well, yeah. the two of you picked it up through Kismet and then I saw the doc and said, oh, well, I'll pick uh, it up okay. and play it. Yeah. So I picked it up. And the keywords were no internet connection required. So I, I got it immediately. Yeah. Cool. Because you can play it on the subway. Sweet. Well, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible.com is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from, from every genre, including thrillers, business, romance, comedy, sci-fi, comedy sci-fi, business romance, and uh, comedy thrillers. I would love to read a business romance book. Me too. (laughs) It's uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, right? That guy wears a tie, I think. I don't know. I don't know what business is. Audible titles play on iPhone, Kindle, Android, and more than 500 devices for listening anytime, anywhere. And you, our dear listener, 
and we know there's still some of you out there who haven't done this, can go get a free audiobook right now if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash rated NA. You'll get a free audiobook to listen to, and they're fun to listen to, and uh, you'll help out the podcast in the same same moment of your life. One moment, yeah. two results. And your and your help is very much appreciated because it as is. we established earlier, we do not have as many listeners as podcasts on ESPN do. That's true. <laughs> So close. And if you if you find a good business romance book, please uh, tweet it to us, and we'll talk about it the next podcast. Ooh yeah. Oh, ooh well, yeah. Not the next one, ooh, but like yeah. two weeks maybe. Two weeks, yeah. So Scott, what have you been doing? So uh, you guys, you guys hey, hear about this Wolfenstein? How do you for me? <laughs> you guys hear about this Wolfenstein guy? <laughs> yeah. So I picked up um, Wolfenstein: The New Order. I saw it was on sale. It was on sale. It's been on sale everywhere, and I think that's partially because of QuakeCon going ah, on. Ah, yes. Yeah. It is great, as you guys have already established. It's it's very good. Having a lot of like fun it. with it. Yeah. I I appreciate that there are sort of longer form missions and then sort of shorter in-between missions that tell more of the story of what's going mm-hmm. on. And I think that sort of the intimate nature of the smaller missions kind of pull you into the story a little bit more especially so i just played the part where you get to the parents house of the person that helps you escape yeah. oh yeah and then you go down into the garage and interrogate somebody i don't want to mm-hmm. yeah, spoil yeah. too much of it but i thought that was really cool i thought that was a really great scene to sort of engage the player in the game it reminded me of things that happen in like bioshock infinite sort mm-hmm. of the more intimate moments of first person shooters. So I'm yeah, having a lot there, of fun with there's that. There's a lot of that too in that game. So you'll you know you spend a lot of time with the supporting cast of that game. I will, so it I will makes say it, uh, I got a I will say yeah. I got a little bored with the uh, hey can you go get this thing over there and bring it to me over here? Oh and yeah. Like, uh, and that <laughs> happens a lot on the secondary stuff, uh, I feel like. But uh, yeah, there also, is a little bit of the fetch going on. That's How did sure. you beat this game in 12 hours, Ash? Did you just not die, like, the entire time you were playing it? <laughs> I think I've played, like, 30 hours already, it feels like. And uh, I have definitely died many, 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 many times. So, Well, I'm really, really good at first-person shooters. <laughs> Jesus. Mm. No, um, I don't know. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I feel like I plowed through it pretty quickly. But, um... I think it gets to a point where things do speed up a lot and there's like there's less of the fetchy kind of stuff from the midway point on. Yeah. So um it, it does speed up a bit and uh I got really into the story so I wanted to see, you know, what was gonna happen next. So it's I just, just very, I played very, very quickly. Scott, you haven't hit it yet, but it gets very meat grindy at certain points where you're like basically just put into like a really hard yeah. room and then they're like, You're gonna die and then you die and then you come back and you play it again. I did see uh, some of it. I I think that maybe like in your style of play, I try to be as stealthy as possible when the game allows me to do so. Mm -hmm. And then obviously there are points in the game where all the enemies know where you are. And then it's just time to pull out the, the dual shotguns and just kind of mow them down. Right. Which is weird. You know, that's, that's weird, but I realize that I'm playing that game and not a different game. This is not like dishonored. I know that there will be points in this game where I'm just supposed to pull out the weapons and just, you know, turn everybody to mush. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's fun. fun. I'm having a lot of fun with that. It's it's great. I might actually, depending on how long this game is and where I wind up, I might actually go back through and try to get all of the collectible items. There's a lot of stuff the, in there, the too. and all that stuff. Yeah, because a lot of it shows up on the map. So I think that 
you know, in between what shows up on the map and what you need to find on your own, there's not too many things left over. So I might. might oh, let me map? ask you this. Yeah. Since this, um, <laughs> since this game has been out for a while, what decision did you make in the beginning on who to save um, from the Nazis in the beginning of the game? Did I you saved, save the old guy or the young guy? I saved the older gentleman. Okay. I think we all did that. But if you, I, w- I went through a second playthrough and if you save the younger guy, the game's a bit different. So really? it actually changes up who some of the people. Oh, you haven't gotten to the safe house yet, but you'll get to like a base. No, I have. Yeah, I, I did. Oh, okay. Get there. Yeah, it gets. It changes up who some of the people in the safe house are, and, oh. and some of the stories are different. So it creates an alternate timeline, which I thought was really cool. Oh, okay. Maybe it's maybe it's worth a second playthrough then. Yeah. All right. Cool. So I've also been playing Squid's Odyssey and Guardians of the Galaxy: The Universal Weapon, and we'll talk about that later. And then. Uh, my wife and I are still watching Battlestar Galactica. Nice. And I'm really How stoked. far in are you guys? We are on like season two, episode eight or nine. Ah, uh, when it's still really good. Yeah, <laughs> correct. That is that is factually correct. We finished the first season, started watching a couple episodes of the second season, and I kind of just like that's when I broke it down to my wife. I was like, "Look, like the show's great. We're having a great time. I'm just letting you know that it gets a little squirrely in the middle, and the ending is." kind of weird but like it's still it's more about the journey than the destination so i just want you to have fun with it we'll keep watching it she's like okay yeah. i got it you know? prepare yourself right yeah so i kind of she's like is it gonna be like what like lost or something and i was like <laughs> kind of maybe you know like kind of weird like that but not so bad that yeah. kind of thing yeah so there you go so uh so ash what's what is what is up man i'll i'll start off with the, the boring story and i'm gonna keep it under 60 seconds because nobody wants to hear me bitch about installing a new operating system but have either of you guys ever installed reinstalled a mac os like from the ground up so i installed mavericks on top of did you erase your old os you didn't just install it over top oh i was gonna just install it over top but something catastrophic happened <laughs> what did you I do version is i went <laughs> I didn't do anything. Um, there's a, a well-known bug, I guess, with installing Mavericks, and it'll say that your hard drive is corrupt, and it'll stop the installation process completely. And basically, your system gets caught in like a an endless loop where it can't really do anything because it sees your, your hard drive, your old hard drive, is being corrupt with the old OS on it. So the long story short, I had to jump through um, about a a billion hoops and actually go into um you know type in all this crazy code and do all this crazy stuff and i had to buy a uh, solid state hard drive and external in order to like move files around because oh. all the stuff that i didn't want to lose had to format my hard drive uh but it's running now uh it took me about <laughs> four days of canoodling <laughs> i thought was this was supposed to one be of the worst foolproof and magical oh my god it well, was i not. mean i was like one of like well i mean okay i didn't do anything wrong but for some reason something (laughs) happened during the installation process that just fucked everything up okay so it wasn't me it wasn't me i blame you apple um i feel like i feel like and i also realized i feel like ash is prone prone to these quirks i will call them (laughs) of technological behavior Mm. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's you. You do have a weird fear of technology in certain ways. I feel like maybe new technology. Yes, I do, <laughs> and I think that mm-hmm. spurs you into being the guinea pig for these problems. Because <laughs> I, I, no, I, I installed Mavericks and it was like, click button, click button two more times. You're on Mavericks, and I was like, <laughs> yay! Yeah. yeah, that did not happen for me. 
my my process was probably over 25 hours of <laughs> of pain Jesus, but man. um so that was not that was not fun you should have uh, tweeted so anyway, them they probably would have tweeted you back they probably would have i'm not even going to talk about that other bullshit but, uh, i've been watching i've been watching vikings which is awesome what is um, that the history show vikings is a series yeah put out by the history channel and it's a their first really big like live action series that they've been doing and it follows um, the Vikings arriving in England for the first time. And and uh, it's awesome. It's like, you know, kind of Game of Thronesy, you know, um, you know, heavy on the action, heavy on the violence. There's nudity. I don't know how they do that on History Channel, but they show all sorts of butts and crotches and stuff. Butts. Um, butts and crotches. But Vikings has been great. We're almost done with the first season, so that's cool. Uh, I also downloaded Guardians of the Galaxy, the Universal Weapon. And while I don't want to ruin the review, I do have to say I love the inclusion of the the music from the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. It made me laugh. I know. Like, yeah, when you win a level, it does the, this, the awesome song. Um, and I've been preparing for Comic Con, which has uh, been kind of a little crazy this year, but I'm excited for it. So, is it like a training um, montage? Up soon. Like hearts on fire it's a, it's a little bit like a training montage it is uh just because it's it's juggling many many an email and trying to get my schedule to make sense and i'm just really lucky that i know where everything is because mm-hmm. like when you're setting up appointments and they're like oh this is at you know this hotel and this one's like in this room you're like can i actually make it there in this time if i didn't know that i would have just everything would have been fucked so at least i have like a, a relatively decent logistical after, knowledge of after 10 years of going to comic-con you finally know yeah how to I, get I, I, the room. I, I got i kind of know where places are yeah it's You've a pretty big unfucked place to your schedule yes well i mean yeah i guess it's still pretty fucked but <laughs> <laughs> all right but uh matt what are you doing uh been watching or re-watching well, i guess watching and re-watching some nerdy shows with melissa um she's been binge watching supernatural and warehouse 13 so uh, I have to say I enjoy Supernatural quite a bit. Uh, I think I said this last podcast, but uh, we're f- five seasons in or four seasons in at this point. Oh. And uh, it's cool. It started out very goofy and X-Files-ish, like Buffy mixed with X-Files. And it's turned into this like really dark, kind of violent show with this huge kind of premise behind it. Um towards towards the fifth season so what's baffling about it is from where they are right now i have no idea how they're going to hit season 10 which they got greenlit so i I don't know i don't know where they go from here essentially see that's why i I can't ever watch the show because that's way too daunting of a task it's a lot of show 10 seasons many seasons crazy but it's all on netflix man you know yeah sit down and watch it but the it's the first four seasons were really great. The fifth one has been really awesome. It's just like I said, it, very dark, very violent, and we really Melissa and I keep trying to guess where this show is headed, and we cannot figure out for the life of us how you go from the current villain <laughs> to anything after this. <laughs> I don't even know. So, uh, and then she's been watching Warehouse Thirteen, which I've previously watched, um, but she's really enjoying it, and I still love rewatching it. Those I don't know if you went further, Scott, but the. Uh, the 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 whole team once they've assembled the full team is is really awesome and fun so i still love that show it's i good. think we're gonna give it another shot after bsg yeah and then uh still playing hearthstone for unknown reasons just 
<laughs> do you play now? Do you play like the ranked matches or do you play the? I play only ranked or arena now. Oh wow! So you're like you're all pro. Uh, no, not at all. I mean, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like super great at it, and I get I'm really impatient, so I'll quit out of games when people are taking too long. Like I can't. I just like. I sit down to play because I have like five, ten minutes to play, and I'm like, mm. okay, cool, I'll play, uh, you know, a round of ranked, and I'll get in there. And usually, the ranked ones I've noticed are faster than yeah. than the unranked ones. But every once in a while, do. you get one that you can tell somebody's not paying attention, and you're just like, come on, man! Like, I really wish there was a this guy has timed out twice or something button. Let me leave this match. Like, I don't want to sit here and wait, you know, four yeah. minutes for his turn to end. So. Mm. Don't people do that just to get victories? Sure. Probably. Like, I'm they sure they do. They like bait you. But they you know just, what? Like, like a sandwich. You're like, oh, this guy, I'll quit out. But it's a video game with no reward for it at the end of the day. So I don't really care if I don't get all the points and have 87 stars. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm just playing for fun. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. I'll quit and let him have his win because I'd rather quit and be sane than wait around and be you know anxious and angry the whole time. So. Uh, other than that, you know, a bunch of other stuff going on, but nothing, nothing nerd related. Work is work is crazy. I've been working very long days, but I'm looking forward to going to Comic Con, and I like to think of it as my two day San Diego vacation with five days of insanity packed in between those two. <laughs> <laughs> I get there exactly really early Tuesday. We're gonna probably like hang at the pool and just relax and have a drink, and then we stay late because that's the real secret to Comic Con is staying a day extra. Yeah, and we're we're gonna relax, and I don't know. There's talk of different vacation spots we might try to hit as a group. I think, but uh, and then and then you leave, so you really get these two days of kind of like you know wind down before the middle mm-hmm. five days of just absolute insanity. The wall-to-wall. calm before the storm. Yeah, it's it's like nothing. It's I keep thinking about how when I went to because a bunch of my coworkers went to Google I/O as well. And mm-hmm. they talked about how many people were there. And they were like, oh, there were so many people. And I was like, how big was it? And they're like, I don't know. I think they said 6,000. Oh, sh- yeah, sure. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And they're like, why? And I'm like, well, I just, I'm broken. Like, Comic-Con has a lot of people. And they're like, how many people does Comic-Con have? They're like, I went to New York. You know, it's it's really packed. I'm like, New York has about 80,000, I think, 60 to 80. And they're like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, San Diego has 125. And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, yes. An yeah. entire city moves into San Diego for five days. Like, it's insanity into an already populated city. Yeah. So it's total craziness. Should be fun though. I'm excited. I'm ready to to take a break. But uh, speaking of Comic Con, yeah. News. Let's speak about Comic Con. Oh, okay. Cool. What a natural transition that was. It was very natural. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm, I'm dying. Here. Um, uh, so yeah, we are going to be covering some Comic Con stuff, and and while uh, a lot of it is kind of up in the air, we are going to have a, a bunch of interviews. There's some uh, kind of we're going to have some old guests on, and I'm I'm setting those up. I don't want to announce who they are yet, but people that have been on the show before in some capacity that have uh, been cool enough to keep in in contact with us, we're going to have them on. So we'll have um, recordings of them, and you know I, I'm kind of want to set it up and. 
and and talk to them not only about their projects because obviously that's mainly why they come on, but also about you know Comic Con in general and maybe their uh, their first time ever going, what that was like. Because you know your first time at Comic Con is is so overwhelming and and crazy that it, I really like to hear people's first time stories. I know that sounds kind of perverted, but um, I, I love to hear those. So we're going to be talking to old guests about <clears throat> their first time at the convention, and um. I'm just going to go through some of the stuff that I wrote down. And Matt, if you want to chime in with some of the stuff that you wrote down that you're excited about, um, that would be cool too. But on Thursday, the first panel I'm planning on hitting up is for The Witcher. Um, a big yeah, fan of The man. Witcher. And they have a panel. Yeah, they have a panel really early at 10 o'clock in the morning. So I'll probably on Thursday morning, you know, march on down to the convention center pretty early and uh, check out what the, the Witcher has going on. And then Thursday, honestly, I, I kind of planned Thursday to be more of a floor day. Um, <clears throat> so I want to kind of march around the floor and see what everything's like down there because the Comic-Con floor is unlike anything you'll ever experience ever. Because it's, you know, if you go to any convention, they have, you know, merchants and things like that. But I would say there's, I don't know, hundreds if not thousands of, of different booths with all sorts of different independent artists and signings and just craziness going on well, there's, so there's got to be there's got to be at least a hundred rows right like across yeah i mean it's it's, it's massive. humongous you literally it's... can't see from one end to the other no <laughs> sounds like it's That's... impossible to do in one day it, it, it is absolutely yeah absolutely yeah, basically you just you impossible. pick signs you pick signs that are hanging in the air that are super high and gigantic and then you use those as reference points for everybody that you're talking to oh wow i'm near the marvel sign and you're like which side and i'm like between marvel and dc and it's like the two biggest signs in the in the in the you know thing because otherwise you'll just never find anybody oh wow all right yeah yeah um so there is a community panel in ballroom 20, which is a pain in the ass to get into. And that's a two o'clock and I'm going to see, you know, I don't know. I probably yeah. won't get into that because it's in ballroom you, 20. But are we going to line that? Are you and I going to, you know, bring our sandwiches and get in line there or no? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. It depends on how much fun I'm having on the floor. If I'm like, the floor is too crowded, then maybe I'll make my way up to ballroom 20 and see if I can get in. But the thing for those uh, folks listening, you know, if you want to get into Barroom 20 at like 2 o'clock, you'd have to go at like 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, you have to basically <laughs> like, go when the floor like opens. 11. Yeah, 10 or 11, and then maybe you'll get into Barroom 20. So it's it's kind of a, you know, a bit of a clusterfuck. Um, if you want to get into Hall H, just don't worry about it. You're not going to get into Hall H. Just uh, give up on yeah. it now. <laughs> yeah. If you want to get into Hall H, get in line during preview night. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, at least you don't have right. to get a hotel room. You can just yeah. camp <laughs> out. Tent. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Sunset Overdrive has a panel at five o'clock and that's in a smaller room. So that one should be pretty easy to get into. Um, I'm obviously pretty excited for Sunset Overdrive. And so they're going to be showing some game stuff off there for that. And that'll be cool. Um, There's a Goonies panel. I don't know if you guys saw this, but there's a Goonies panel supposedly with cast members. And that's in the Indigo Ballroom. So I don't know how hard that is going to be to get into. But it's a little bit later. Usually the later panels, people get like exhausted and have to take a shit and stuff. So they leave. Um, (laughs) Real talk. Really. Like, yeah, like by six o'clock, people are like, I haven't shit all day. I haven't (laughs) eaten all day. I'm leaving. I don't care about anything anymore. Yeah. And so that panel is at six o'clock when people will probably be doing that. Uh, Problem conflict number one here is there's also a Star Wars Rebels panel at the same time. Uh, um, and uh, that's also at uh, six o'clock in a smaller room, so that's kind of cool. Um, what else? 
oh, I got invited to do uh, a press thing, a roundtable for the show Hannibal, which I don't watch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh good. But, it's actually pretty but, good, though. I know, but I, I know a lot of our listeners love and watch Hannibal, and it's, you know, getting a lot of great reviews and stuff. So um, I have a thing for that, which I'm kind of excited about. So I'm going to have to read, like, every Hannibal wiki in the world and just be a poser should, when I go to this You should probably, thing. like, watch maybe an episode or two at least. It is vis- <laughs> it is visually different than, than many other episodes. So I, I'm, I will try and, and consume at least one episode before I go. And I hate that I haven't watched it, but honestly, dude, there's too many shows. Like... Yeah. I just can't. Like, there's just too much right now. TV is taking honestly, over. Yeah. I mean, there's every single, like, cable network, like TNT, history, they all have shows now. Um, so it's like, I don't know, you would have to just give up everything and just yeah. watch these shows all the time. So um, that's pretty exciting. Anything, you have anything on Thursday, Matt, that you're stoked about? Um, I usually do I'll four on Thursday. Uh, yeah. but I might try to do the community panel. I know Melissa's doing, Marissa Meyer is having a panel and I think Melissa's going to go do that. Um, so yeah, but I usually leave Thursday is usually my like, let's figure out, but I've never done preview night either. So I may do preview night oh, and then decide cool. that Thursday I don't need to do floor day. Who knows? Cool. Preview night will be fun. It's super crowded, but it'll be fun. And then um, I was just informed that teen wolf is also on Thursday. <laughs> By, oh yeah by an external voice and uh, that <laughs> melissa and christina will be doing teen wolf which follow it actually follows oh, the community panel in ballroom 20 so oh so maybe they'll be in ballroom 20 yeah doing the teen wolf thing i guess there's a thursday night thing too for mtv that christina was talking about maybe going to like a party with teen wolf or something so maybe the, maybe the girls will be partying with Teen Wolf and I will be sleeping like a grandpa in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Friday is my crazy day. I don't want to get too much into it, but I, I have, I I don't know, something weird happened this year and they actually invited us out to like some of the bigger things. So I'll be covering like Kingsman and uh, Hitman Agent 47, Let's Be Cops, um, Book of Life, Maze Runner, Dragon Age, uh, horns and it's basically like all back to back and it's like pressers and round tables and all sorts of crazy shit like that which yes. I'm not really that prepared horns for. Looks crazy. Yeah, that one I'm excited because um it's you know Joe Hill who did Lock and Key. Yeah. And then it's uh and it's Alex Aja who did um Descent and mm-hmm. like uh high tension and like a lot of those horror movies that I really love. And that one's like a, a smaller round table interview with like six or seven people. So I'm really pretty stoked about that. And um uh, I think that's gonna be super fun. Um anything for you on Friday, Matt? You have your uh, Friday stuff ready to go? So um Friday I'm looking at possibly doing a couple of the conversations for a cause. Uh the Let's Be Cops oh, cool. is one of them and I think Nick and Coach are very funny people, so I have a feeling that that might be pretty awesome. And then there's a comedy duo that Melissa and I both love called Garfunkel and Oates that uh, have a show coming awesome. on IFC They're soon. Really yeah, cool. but uh, we might. So we might try to do those two. I was telling Melissa, I was like, you know, Friday's kind of that hump day in Comic Con where it's like you're in the middle of the of the con, and usually you're already kind of like blown out by how many people are there and. So I might need a nice little break, and that's what Nerd HQ usually is. So if if I can get those tickets, we'll probably be doing that. Cool. 
Yeah, definitely. And I know Geek and Sundry has a lot of their own programming this year too. Yeah. And yeah. they took I'll over the old place where where uh, Nerd HQ used to be. I think it's oh, called Jolton Joe's. Oh, good. Yeah. So Geek and Sundry took over the bar, so we can go back there too. <laughs> it's a much better place than the one they were in last time. They were, they were like in a like hot attic last time, and it was cool. But the bar is is way more open and kind of nice. So yeah, uh, my Saturday's pretty laid back at this point. I got a couple um, interviews with uh, old old people that have been on the show, which is cool. And then the big one, obviously, that everyone is excited about is uh, Mass Effect, and that's at two o'clock. Um, so there's a future of Mass Effect panel with a lot of the producers and, and things like that, which will be cool. Yeah, I plan on working my way into that one. And the other one, really, on Saturday that I'm excited about, obviously, because you guys know I'm a Twin Peaks fan. They're actually having a 25th anniversary Twin Peaks panel um, for that Blu-ray. So that'll be cool. We'll have some of the cast members there. Sweet. And uh, that's it for Saturday. I'm kind of glad my Saturday is a little bit more chill because Friday might might break me. So. Um, that's awesome. Uh, Saturday for me, there is a saga panel. Uh, Ooh, cool. And I may try to go to that. The problem is, is that it's at one and Mass Effect's at two. Ooh, ouch. So I don't know if I'll be able to do both. I may have to make the tough decision between saga and Mass Effect. Um, but it's hard. Yeah, those two things are Saturday. There's not a ton else that I saw on Saturday for sure. Um, so it might be a little easier. But I feel like those those days, Saturday and Sunday, are usually when I kind of wander into panels. Like it's like a room that has no line, and then I walk in, and it's like cartoon voices or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, those are always fun. So, isn't it weird to think that in a in a space that has one hundred twenty five thousand people attending, that there will be rooms that you can just walk into at some point in time? <laughs> Dude, I I, right? I cannot. I try to explain Hall H to people, <laughs> like. Just, just in general, and I'm like, okay, so it's a room that was it hold ten thousand people or something like that? Oh, it's, it's a, huge. It's a big room. Yeah, it's something huge, yeah. And then there's another probably couple thousand people just in line, just standing outside in line at all times every day. <laughs> and then room twenty is like about half or three quarters that, including the line, is like equally as long. And then Indigo Ballroom holds a few thousand people, and its line is equally as long usually every day. So it's just like there's there's three or four main rooms that they pack all the big name stuff into, and those consistently have thousands of people at them. So yeah, and then the floor has to hold. I don't even. I can't even guesstimate how many people the floor holds, and it is almost always wall to wall people. Jeez. Yeah. That's one of these one of these years, we're the just going to move Hall H to like Qualcomm Stadium and be like, everybody file in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty so. crazy. I mean, and the thing that's interesting about Comic-Con, and we've talked about this before, is that they don't clear the rooms. So it's one of the only cons where, like, once you get your seat, if you're diligent enough, you can hold on to that seat all day. Like, all if you day. get a Hall H seat, like, front row seat, that, that's your seat. You get it for the whole day. So it's that's like that episode of Community where they build the, uh, they play hot lava, you know? Yeah. You just yeah. build the forts out of the chairs and the blankets and stuff. I mean, that that's how we met. I mean, that's how we met. That's how we saw how I met your mother. That's how I met the mother. Uh, and, uh, and Melissa and I just camped that room like basically all day. I think we were there. We got in line at like seven in the morning or six in the morning. And we got, we left the room at I think three or, or four maybe. Um, and that was for, uh, mostly for how I met your mother. And we ended up seeing a bunch of other things in the process because you just, you just kind of end up seeing whatever panels are there. And that was, that was Indigo Ballroom. I felt yeah. so bad too. Cause there was a mom with her kids 
like let's say how i met your mother was at like one a mom with her kids like came up at like 12 30 and was like is this for how i met your mother <laughs> and they were like it is but the line is all the way outside and she was like oh my god and <laughs> i felt really bad she had like two kids who were probably big fans and all yeah. these nerds had camped out since 6 a.m to Just get into didn't things, know, yeah so. yeah it's a tough craziness lesson. yeah so, so what else? sunday sunday is kind of kids day um, yep. So there's not a ton of programming that really is, you know, all that. I don't want to say all that exciting, but all that, you know, for me. Is there an all that panel? <laughs> there probably is an all that panel. <laughs> probably is. For kids. Uh, but I do have a, a cool uh, interview lined up. And it's it, funny enough, it's for uh, Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham. But it's with the voice cast. And it's like Troy Baker and Lo- Laura Bailey, D. Bradley Baker. Um, basically, like some of my favorite voice actors are all in this game. And I've actually been playing the Lego Marvel superheroes a lot this summer with my wife. We've been yeah, co-oping it. Cool. It's so much fun. So um, I'm actually really excited to talk to these guys. And you know, Troy Baker is the voice of like everything right everything. now. Everything. Everything. So um, he's voicing Batman in this game, and of course, you know, he's Last of Us and basically every major game in the past like two years. He's it's been like the if voice it's not if it's not Troy Baker, it's Nolan North. It's just the two of them. Like all absolutely the male yeah. right, right. <laughs> And uh, so that'll be fun. And then the the major conflict is there is all these panels that I want to see happen at the same time. So there's a Tarantino panel that's at uh, that's also it's at two o'clock. And there's the console wars panel, which is about yeah, this book about con- yeah. yeah, and that's also at two o'clock. And there's a Nerdist news panel uh, also at two o'clock. So I'm going to have to kind of do a toss of a toss of the coin decide where i'm going to go there but sunday also pretty laid back at this point which i'm excited about so there is a sunday does marvel does the next big thing panel um, at 12 30 and i was thinking about doing it because there is there is lots of uh universe changing stuff that marvel's doing so i might i might go see it i don't know we'll see oh yeah we're gonna add that to the news right now too oh yeah that's exciting stuff Cool. Well, that's, I mean, you know, obviously we're going to have a lot more Comic-Con coverage coming your way, but just kind of taking a brief look at the schedule, uh, we should definitely have a, a whole lot to talk about in the coming weeks. So yeah, hang I think in there. But we decide that you guys are also going to do dailies like we do for PAX, and then we will put that out probably next week for like a sort of live on the spot podcast. Yeah. Yep. And so we'll look do- out for that. And then uh, I would like to pimp the very excellent article that you wrote for nerdappropriate.com where you detail 10 uh tips for comic-con as a comic-con veteran yes i did yeah. 10 10 new tips this year because I've, I've been doing these like these tips lots of tips articles and for comic-con oh, man these are 10 brand new juicy tips <laughs> you're gonna get to this punchline eventually <laughs> there's a punchline punch yeah somewhere in here about. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I'll be putting that out. You know, th- it'll be out by the time you guys hear this. So uh, definitely check that out. How to survive at the Comic Con, become the master. ton of news so where do we start let's start with something that we just alluded to which was big changes in the marvel universe yeah the, uh the part of captain america will now be played by the falcon yeah and thor is going to be a woman and and killing wolverine 
Oh, really? I did not hear yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. So where would Which you guys like to out. start? You guys are the, the comic book dudes on this show, so... I will start well, with a little tale. Ash wrote me a little while ago and said, I heard they're going to kill off the X-Men and Wolverine. Have you heard anything from your Marvel friends? So I started like covertly asking around. And the only thing I heard was, they're moving a lot of the top-tier editors off of the X properties and onto other things. Hmm. And they were putting like kind of like newbies onto the X property properties and not really saying anything about it. Hmm. So and then they announced Death of Wolverine, all these big changes and all this stuff. And the rumors that circulate are, well, Ash, do you want to say the rumor, the one that you that you'd heard? No, go ahead, go ahead. That uh, basically they are trying to wait out Fox to get the X properties back for the movies, and they're oh. just going to stop creating content. Yeah, that is the rumor. They're just like, fine, you want the properties? Go ahead and have them. We're going to give you no free content from here on out. And just yeah, absolutely. So see they're what basically happens. just saying, like, you, you know, we don't, we're not going to, we, we want the X properties back, but we can't illegally get them back now. So what we're going to do is just n- stop making X books, you know, yeah. and, and make them not really part of the zeitgeist anymore. So people aren't excited about Wolverine. They aren't excited, you know, and then eventually when they get those properties back, bring them back. But, it's it's a really bold plan. I don't know if it's true, but um, yeah, you know, we don't know. I've been kind of hearing it. Yeah, I've been hearing it kind of just through the the nerdy grapevine. But you know, killing Wolverine off is is a a huge first step. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Although they do these the death of they do these death of titles. You know, every probably few years, every five to seven years, maybe. You know, Captain America ate it about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So it, this isn't totally abnormal this could just be part of the norm and all this stuff could just be happening because this is what they're doing they're just trying to support their billion dollar properties which are avengers uh probably soon to be guardians you know all that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. and the other thing with with changing these character who's playing these different characters around is interesting because now it's not just the comic book universe they're supporting right they're trying to figure out how they can shift actors i think as well yeah, in movies think, yeah. because these actors won't be the, the characters that they are right now forever. So how do they handle that in the books? Can, can they lead up to it sort of thing? You know, It's a huge cast at this point, too. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, humongous. Yeah, but what Matt said makes a lot of sense because they are thinking of the, the future of the cinematic universe at the same time because they are kind of working hand in hand. You'll see you know, little bits and pieces of the cinematic universe all throughout the books and vice versa. So it's, um, it's uh, really interesting because... It, I mean, let's just talk about Captain America quickly. But, you know, the storyline that they're putting into Captain America is that the super soldier, super soldier serum in Steve Rogers eventually, like, dries up. And he finally ages and becomes, like, a 90-year-old man. And obviously, as a 90-year-old man, he can't be Captain America. So his best friend and sidekick, Sam Wilson, who's the Falcon, you know, puts on Captain America's outfit or a new version of the outfit and becomes Captain America to kind of honor his image which is i think great i think that's super super fucking cool and i think he's the best person for the job if mm-hmm. not if not winter soldier you know or, what i mean because he's yeah. still Cole bear yeah, yeah right. well the steve <laughs> they they did the winter soldier thing already in the books oh, yeah in the books died. yeah 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 so yeah i think that's great I, I don't really ever have a problem with this kind of change out of characters or a refresh of line like you know it happens sometimes it sucks sometimes it's awesome yeah um but it is interesting, the tie-ins of the movies. And I, I will say that Kevin Feige and Joe Quesada are two very, very smart gentlemen who have brought Marvel from the brink of, of, of failure, essentially, 
all the way back to being one of the most important creative properties probably right now, you know, mm-hmm. in the world just about that with how much money they pump out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think they do things for a reason. The Thor being a woman thing, I didn't read too much into that. All I saw was the pictures getting circulated. Did you guys read anything about it? Like well, how it's happening? Or I, I have a question for you guys, sure. I guess. And maybe you can help me understand. I've seen generally two reactions to this online. And one reaction is, hey, that's awesome. That looks pretty cool. Like, you know, we think either Katie Sackhoff or Brienne of Tarth should play this role because that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other reaction is not like, oh, we don't want this because it's a woman. It's like, peop- like seems like the comic book uh, fans are saying, I thought Thor was the name of a person. It's like, if if this guy's name is like Thor Smith or whatever, how can you then make someone else Thor Smith? You see what I'm saying? No, right. yeah, I know exactly what you're So saying. I think there's some, it's not like, it's not like we don't want this. It's like, I'm confused. I thought Thor was his name. So how can there be a different Thor, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what I've, that's what I've seen. So I wanted to get your kind of like thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, Thor, I mean, Thor is his name, you know, he's the son of Odin, brother of Loki, he's Thor, but there is also an inscription on the hammer that says, you know, it says he who holds the hammer shall possess the power of Thor. So while, you know, there Thor does something, I guess, so bad that he is unworthy of the hammer. And then the next person to pick it up is a female. Well, she will become the God of thunder who is Thor, but she'll probably have her own name. Okay. You know, like it in Thor will almost be like her superhero name. So she'll be like, you know, Carol Smith. And then well, that probably won't be her fucking name, but yeah. then yeah. she'll possess the power of Thor. But Thor is Thor himself is Thor. It's just kind of like arguing semantics, you know, yeah. like, who yeah. really gives a shit in the end? But and yeah, I, I see what people the, are saying. The writer Jason Aaron said, "This is not she Thor. This is not Lady Thor. This is not Thorita. This is Thor. This is <laughs> Thor of the Marvel Universe." But it's unlike any Thor we've seen before. So I thought that was a good statement to make to really clear up, you know, sort of internet frustration or something yeah. know, right on the spot. Yeah, but like Matt said, it also opens it up for the movie franchise. I mean, because you know Chris Helmsworth and. Uh, and uh, who the fuck? who's Captain America? <laughs> uh, Chris Evans. Right uh, Chris Evans. Evans. Thank Chris you. Evans. Yeah. And then their contracts are up relatively soon after their next movies. So, yeah. you know, like they're going to need to bring new people in. And um, it, it's going to be a lot easier to fill those shoes with something radically different than like, yeah. you know, another big, strong white guy. You know? mm-hmm. Well, and the thing about Thor, I think in the movie series, I think Thor is easier to explain the switch because of the hammer you know like they can they can logic out like thor gets removed from the position or dies or whatever and mm-hmm. you know a woman becomes like i think that's logically possible uh the, the semantics aside like you said ash but mm-hmm. captain america they really do need story set up because it's i think it's weird for people to understand that captain america while it is a person and was a single person for a very long time is also really just supposed to be the symbol of like american patriotism mm-hmm. so like somebody taking up his banner of of American patriotism in that symbol is again logical, but I think less comic book explain away ish. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Thor, yeah, you can kind of be like the hammer goes to somebody else. This is how it works. Deal with it, everybody. Magic, yeah, yeah. yeah. Captain America is kind of like, and then this person decided to be Captain America. <laughs> and it's like, well, then why aren't there fifty Captain Americas? But you know, I, I think I think it's a good move. I was actually a little surprised because. 
if it is a setup for the movie, they did already set it up for the movie, and they seem to already be pushing towards something with the movies, uh, but which we kind of alluded to earlier, but I don't need to ruin for everybody. Sure. If you want to know, go read Civil War, <laughs> <laughs> the Marvel series, and you'll know everything that's probably going to happen in the movies coming up, unless okay, they really so like Falcon. Last question. Who are you going to cast as uh, Thor, the female version? Oh, man. Um and- since I have been watching Vikings, um, there is a female shield maiden in Vikings played by an actress, a Canadian actress called Catherine Winnick. Mm-hmm. And she's probably one of the most badass like female characters I've seen on screen in a really long time. Um, Catherine Winnick also is uh, like a third degree black belt or something like that in real life. So she's like an actual ass kicker. Cool. Um, so she would be to me like when I think of Thor and I saw the announcement like as I was watching Vikings and I was like oh like there she is right there <laughs> like yeah. playing playing like, like this Viking character so that's like instantly the one that came to my head was Catherine Winnick for sure. How about you, Matt? Uh, you sprung this on me, so you I know. Have to go first. <laughs> Let me think. Well, I Do think before I mean before I read the news, my mind kind of went to um, Gwendolyn Christine the actress that plays Brienne of Tarth in Game of Thrones. Ah, yeah. Just because she seems seems like she handles it well. I also, when I started reading about it, uh, the blog post I read had had said that in preparation for Game of Thrones, she had taken classes and, you know, courses in, like, stage fighting and horse riding and a bunch of other stuff like that. So it seems like she would at least have the some of the core skills to play the part. Seems like it would be good. She'd be great. Yeah. Absolutely. I still don't have an answer. Sorry. It's all right. We can so. come back to it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get back to it. We have tons of yeah. other things to get to, so we'll yes, go on. exactly. Okay, so uh, something else that happened this week. Ugh. Amazon announced Kindle Unlimited, which is a uh, – in the U.S. right now, it's like $10 a month for uh, pretty much all you can eat, books and audio books. But I don't, I don't think no, it's everything. that's not true. What do you mean? So it's all you can eat books in 30 day or three months of audiobooks. Oh, okay. what do you mean three months of audiobooks? You get an, a free Audible subscription for three months. Oh. It so it's not really just permanently books, included. Huh? It is just books. And it's not – they tout their – I will say they have a lot of very large name books. You know, they've got Harry Potter and they've got Game of Thrones and all that stuff in there. But um, it is not their full Kindle library. It yeah, is because a limited... there, there's some publisher publisher battles going on right now as well. Oh yeah, there's yeah. some big publisher battles going on right now. Yeah. But but yeah, so it's it's a limited version. I think it's a lot of books, but it's a limited version of their Kindle library. And this so there's another company called Oyster that does the same thing, uh, and it's like eight or nine dollars a month, mm-hmm. and you get a, unlimited reading. And I think their library is considerably smaller, but but the same kind of deal. And then there's a thing called a library. Yeah. You ever heard the of the library for free? <laughs> I, I saw that joke. This. I saw that joke circulating. It was hilarious. I'm like, you know what? That's absolutely true. You know, in, in our, in, in I, I have to stop saying R in this part of the woods where I am, the library will deliver books to you. Yeah. They charge. do that actually here in the boonies too. Yeah. To the your door. By every day. Yeah. It's the coolest well, thing. Well, that, a lot of them now have digital rentals so you can go and and check out a book digitally on your kindle and read it yes and then like return it like digitally like you don't even have to really go to the library i don't think for some of them yeah the trade i mean pretty much the only trade-off is that sometimes you have to wait which is like no big deal at all you might have to wait a week or two for the the number of digital subscriptions that they have to free up so that you can get one of the copies but other than that it's a pretty great system 
um, on a sort of more on a like non-monetary level, some of the arguments I read is that you know for unlimited music, it is easier to consume a lot of music or TV or movies than and it books. is to consume a lot of books, right? Because yeah. it takes a lot of time to read a single book. You know, absolutely. I yeah. think this program really only, in my opinion, really only appeals to people that are like readers, people that consider themselves readers. They read a lot of books. Like that's kind of their main hobby. Like maybe this would work for you, but. I don't know that it would work for someone like me who just kind of reads casually, I guess. Yeah. Well, I know my yeah. dad, my dad's a voracious reader and he was really excited about this. Exactly. He reads like, you know, a couple books a week, but like, you know, he's also retired. So it's, it's, yeah. it's easy to do. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that I'm sure some people can find a deal out of this. I just, it, it annoys me that like we're out marketing libraries essentially at this point. It, it's a weird it's a weird concept to be like, look at this new thing we did. And you're like, hasn't this existed since like the 1800s where this is a, there's a book repository. We, we have those already. Sure. Um, whereas a music, a music and a movie repository, we don't really have as much. So that's why they were unique and amazing. But at the same time, like I get it. And if you are like a voracious reader and especially if you're already in Amazon's universe, like it makes sense. You also get a free, you get a free month of prime, three free months of audible, and I think that's it for nine ninety nine. Although I would continue to encourage our listeners to go to audibletrial.com slash rated NA. For sure. To get a free audiobook from there first. That's right. You know, just to see if you like it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, pr- as far as the price goes, it seems fairly pricey considering that a year of Prime is $100 and a year of this would be 120 120 On top of that. Books. So you'd, you would pay 220 for you know, access to music, movies, books, some audiobooks, you know, for a short amount of time, free shipping, you know, and so on. So I don't yeah, know. It's, uh, it's it's definitely one of those, if you read a ton and you always read on your Kindle mm-hmm. and you're annoyed with having to go find a book and buy it, or, or if you use the free month book and you, you know, read it in a week and you want something else. Oh, from the I get library? It, like, yeah, 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 I get it. Maybe then this fits for your for your needs, but for me, I just I keep seeing these along with the oyster thing, and I'm just like, I don't understand what is happening. Maybe yeah. not everyone has access to a quality library system in their in their county. Very true. I don't know. We we do That's all true. live kind of in cities and stuff. So indeed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next bit of news: There were some Microsoft announced that you know with the acquisition of Nokia, they're going to have to have some layoffs. The new CEO in place and sort of. In our realm, where this impacts us is that the um, – uh, what is it called? Like Xbox Entertainment Studios, pretty much the, the arm of Xbox that was going to make the television programming is being closed. So all yeah. of that stuff they talked about for original television programming two years ago, that's done, which is yeah. strange. Yeah. But they're still going to make the uh, Halo television series, the one that I think is going to be – sort of bundled up a little bit with the Master Chief collection. Mm-hmm. And then the other game, Quantum Break, will not be affected by this as well. Because if you guys remember, Quantum Break is going to be... It's a new game from Remedy. It's got kind of like that weird frozen time mechanic where you can investigate yeah, a crime scene. I remember the trailer for that pretty well. And I think the way I remember it is that things that you do in the game, there's going to be sort of a live action television show element that ties the game in this show together somehow. Um, sort of like in between they kind of stagger with one another mm-hmm. so yeah. both of those things are happening but as far as the other tv stuff goes that's kind of gone 
and and I do want to say that this is this is as sad as that is that we're losing some things. This is like the numbers were staggering. I think they're laying off like eighteen thousand people yeah, total that's at what Microsoft. I read too. Yeah. It's it is a huge amount of people. So, you uh-huh. know, best of luck to everybody. I hope everybody lands on their feet, but that is it's crazy and scary. I know that this is a new Microsoft. They're trying to get a little bit leaner, trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to keep up with Apple and Google and everybody else. So we're probably gonna see a lot of this kind of change coming, but Yeah. On the uh, on the gaming side as well, I think this also impacts some of the, I think it's like community teams or something that are in like Europe and the Asia territories, something like that. So, oh wow, yeah. Uh, okay, so that's the Microsoft layoff. So, the other thing that I kind of wanted to briefly bring up was that Ubisoft announced another free to play card game called Memories, and I thought this was strange because they already have a card game. But um, the old ones was like sort of a real time card battling game called Recollection, which I like to call Recollection, microtransactions. Yeah. <laughs> but um, this is kind of like the same thing. And then you better believe that there is a female in the concept art for this oh, game. Of course, PS backtracking. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the at this point, sort of the internet commentary reaction to this is what you might expect it to be, which is like. Oh really? Another free to play card game because now we've got tons of these, you know. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not just talking about the big ones. You know, you have Hearthstone. There's uh, Magic puts a game out every year. There's also a bunch of small games, things that are funded on Kickstarter. Um, you know, card games. I think there is a a card game or two from the original creator of Magic, and you know they make things. You can play like Ascension. There's digital versions of board games, and there's just tons of this stuff out there. And uh, so it's it's just weird to see that they keep kind of pressing pressing with these card games, but I guess that's that's kind of where the the market is at this point. So you got to well, you got to play in it. Yeah, I think that you know it's like we say there's there's a there's a sort of like kids on a soccer field mentality to games sometimes where something takes off and then every studio feels the need to have that mm-hmm. you know. Hearthstone's big, make a Hearthstone. And you're like, yeah. what? Yeah. No, like make something else. Who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I do think at this point it it will be difficult to compete with Hearthstone since they already have sort of a a built-in base with people that play World of Warcraft, but I guess yeah. that you know, you could argue the same case for Ubisoft and say, well, hey, there's a lot of Assassin's Creed fans in the world and you know, maybe they would like to enjoy a card game based on that IP, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I'll also lump in the news since we're talking about card games that the Hearthstone expansion is coming out on July 22nd, the first chapter of that. Maxaramus? Yes. So mm-hmm. I I didn't see anything in the most recent news that indicated that the first um wave of this expansion would be free, but that's what I had read previously, so all indications point to hopefully if you jump into this on July 22nd, the first wing of this expansion should be free. So I need to save up 700 gold before the 22nd is what no, you're saying? No, 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 no. I think if you play this first wing of it within the okay. first like week or month or something that it's available, you will have that wing. But then there uh-huh. are four more wings planned after that, which will be 700 gold, or yeah. you can buy them as a bundle for like $20. Yeah, yeah. And I guess there's supposed to be new cards and a new hero and stuff like that. So that is that, is that news. Um, something that uh, I follow still is... Um, Nintendo and Club Nintendo, which is their sort of loyalty reward system. So when you buy when you buy physical and digital games from Nintendo, which include hardware, you can um, register those titles on a website called Club Nintendo. 
And then as you build up points through registration and completing surveys, you can redeem those points for things like um, digital downloads. In the past, you can get things like a, uh, a customized case for your 3DS or a customized case for game cards or special like Mario stylus or you know calendars and stickers and posters and stuff like that. So in the past, the Club Nintendo rewards have been pretty decent. So, you know, hmm. in the... Yeah, in the past, I've gotten like a little like Mario Brothers kind of statue, something that's like a piece that you can place on a bookshelf. And this year, they announced that all of the Club Nintendo rewards in the U.S. region will all be digital items, Hmm. which is Hmm. some people are like stoked on that. And some people aren't because a lot of the um, elite tier rewards. So there's two tiers of rewards. All the bottom tier are like Nintendo games, like NES titles to download. All of the higher tier items are sort of more in the super Nintendo range or like, um, you know, specific to the Nintendo eShop, like a, like a downloadable title or something like this. And, uh, you know, probably the best item out of the bunch is earthbound, but that game you can purchase on Nintendo eShop for like $10. So Mm. I think a lot of people feel a little betrayed by that. And then also in the European region, all of the items are physical items, but they're not really great. It's like a folder or pencils or, you know, school items almost, or like, a, like, a, I don't even think there's a calendar. And then in Japan, it's a mixture of both, but not as good of both categories, you know? Hmm. And it's more geared towards like Japanese kind of collectible audiences, if that makes any sense. So hmm. that's really unfortunate. I thought that with Nintendo trying to write the ship, that they would at least try to offer some kind of quality physical collectible for their U.S you know, loyal customers, which is yeah. somewhat disappointing, but, but there you have it. So let's see next Good bit of news. Nintendo. Yeah. That's yeah. Poor Nintendo. I hope that, mm-hmm. I hope they can get it together. I don't want to see Nintendo fail. It's yeah, like, I don't either. It's not good for anyone. I yeah, think they just no. need to corner their own specific market and, and stick to what they're good at, you know? Yeah. Although it's like although, we keep saying, just be Nintendo. Yeah. We're all okay with that. And yeah. I, I think we did see that Mario Kart eight, topped the charts in june for for physical game sales did it really yeah or was it if it wasn't at the top it was in the top three cool which is, well, you know, good. good for them so maybe maybe it's a sign of better better uh better days ahead it also could be because nothing fucking came out <laughs> yeah i think wasn't there something yeah, uh, like, i don't know barely <laughs> yeah good point anyways weird al you guys you remember him weird al. he took He's, over the internet this week yeah he he is taking over the internet i thought it was uh pretty smart what he did too he's he's releasing a music video every day for eight days so yesterday was the fifth day so i think there'll be three more videos coming out right now um something i wanted to call your attention to was he did a a video parody for the song fancy by iggy azalea called handy and it's all about like you know, being a handyman. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you watch the video, there are these weird um, scenes in the video shot on like green screen where he and two guys dressed as like dressed in overalls are kind of like dancing in the background. And he immediately reminded me of the introduction to the Super Mario Brothers Super Show where, you know, Captain Lou Albano comes out and they kind of do like <laughs> the little like 80s dance moves. Yeah. And oddly enough, if you listen to that, song the theme song to super mario brothers super show there's even the same kind of like tonality of the uh synthesized bass line as they're in the song fancy what yeah conspiracy theory it's a conspiracy so (laughs) i 
I really do hope that Weird Al has some you're knowledge. You're the one person on Earth that would catch that. <laughs> no way! <laughs> the come whole on. planet. The come on, Super Mario Everyone Brothers Super Show listeners is saying, "What the fuck is he talking?" About? Go okay. Go watch the handy video that he posted, and then go watch the Super Mario Brothers Super Show introduction, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I think you should write an article, and you should have both of those, both those embedded in the post, and then you should. <laughs> Have a valid argument. <laughs> yeah, your argument. I did tweet to Weird Al to let him know if he didn't know already. <laughs> I think he knows, and here's why. I think I think Weird Al is secretly or maybe not so secretly a super genius. And I've I've talked about this before because if you happen to own a copy of UHF on DVD, you need to watch it with the commentary turned on because he has like a one of those like savant memories, you know, like people that can tell you you know, like what day of the week it was 10 years ago, like that kind of yeah, memory. Yeah. And, uh, if you don't, if you don't believe it, watch, he put out a video for a parody of blurred lines called word crimes. Yeah. And he basically goes through, like, he basically drops knowledge on you that he knows a lot about the English language and grammar and sentence construction and, uh, you know, all the weird phrases of using language property properly. Yeah. Um, it's I actually wish he'd put that one out before tacky. Yeah. Tacky's kind of like the the classic Weird Al where it's like a joke on no one kind of thing, you know? And, yeah. And just kind of like a goofball song. But it's got all the just... celebrity cameos in it. I think that's why. Yeah, I know. Just I was like, yeah. Eh. Okay. Yeah. Have you guys so, had a chance to watch any of the videos? I, have I haven't not seen yet. Handy yet. I watched Tacky and Word Crimes, and I was going to watch Sports Game. Was yeah. it, what was it called? I think I it's didn't called like Sports Song. Sports song, yeah, I haven't watched that one yet either. Sports song is like a fake, like fight song for like yeah. a high school team. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, anyways, uh, Weird Al, he is back. Weird Al. His yeah. album's out. It's kind of like he did. He weirdly goes with the time, though. You know, like he came out now, and so he just says, "All right, I'm gonna put out a new video every day for free. You can listen to it. My album will be up like streaming everywhere." He was on like every podcast in the universe like last Fox week. Fox Business the, News. Or yeah, something. it was ridiculous how many yeah. things he was doing. So it's pretty awesome. He's he's not the youngest dude in the world, and he's still cranking out the Weird Al tunes. So. Yeah, he's everyone loves him too. Dude. He's supposed to be really nice and welcoming he's, to his fans. Yeah, and, yeah. You know. He did a uh, he did like one of like you you know you saw the video for Tacky. It's kind of like a single shot style video. Yeah, yeah. he did kind of like a similar thing on Conan, where he's oh, really? like yeah, singing yeah, and walking that. through the backstage of Conan's set. And uh, he he's just very smart. That was a very good episode of Conan, by the way. Not to get off the track, but they did that was the Tinder episode. Did anybody see that other than me? <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't, didn't watch that. that sketch. Oh, so fantastic! He went with uh, was it Dave Franco, James Franco's little brother? Okay. Uh, he went on Tinder with him and tried to find dates for the two of them, <laughs> but they used they used fake names and real pictures with fake names. Uh huh. And in the in the thing, they would just say like, I, "People tell me I look like Conan O'Brien," oh. <laughs> and it was hilarious. Only one girl ended up agreeing to meet with either one of them, and she agreed to meet with Dave Franco, of course, and not Conan. And uh-huh. <laughs> Conan gets like rejected by a seventy-four-year-old woman. It's it's hilarious the whole way through. But that episode was great. And Weird oh, Al is on, and good times. That's great. It's really good. Um, so next bit of news, man, tons of news. Yeah. The uh, Destiny beta began on PS3 and PS4, and I think PC as well. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, Xbox. Yeah, gee, thanks wah, a lot. <laughs> Timed yeah. exclusives. Wah, wah. Yeah. Um, as to be expected, PSN was a little rocky on the launch of the Destiny beta, but then so was Xbox Live, oddly enough. Yeah, I couldn't watch Supernatural, man. Couldn't get on my Netflixes. Tell me about it, dude. That's one thing that pissed me off, or it was like, 
So wait a second. I can't sign into Xbox Live, but then I also can't watch Netflix yeah, or Hulu. Nothing. You're not on the internet. And I was like, yes, I am. And yeah. then I hit, like, check my internet connection. It was like, yep, you're on the internet. And I was like, okay, cool, play. Like, you're not on the internet. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I thought it, I, maybe you had the same thought too. And what I noticed about the Xbox UI is that the troubleshooting information is just ever so slightly skewed to be accusatory towards the user. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's your fault. It's like, yeah. oh, your internet connection seems to be having trouble. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, I think it's your internet connection that like, seems to be having trouble. Like Dick. the moment, the moment it finds out, it should be able to know that you're connected to the internet, but not be able to connect to Xbox Live, and right. it should go, "Oh, you're connected." It seems like something's wrong with Xbox Live, but that is not the case. At any yeah. point in time, did it say, "Hey, Xbox Live seems down. Maybe give it a minute." Instead, yeah. it was just like, "You're not connected," and I'm like, "Yes, I am. I'm doing other things on the internet." Mm-hmm. So it was a yeah, that was a rocky, rocky night. But we don't know why that wasn't Destiny related. Though, right? No, I'm just gonna I'm gonna create a conspiracy theory right now and say that something. Something well, like on Sony, the... Sony started going down, so they went after. They just like DOS Xbox Live, so that that <laughs> they wouldn't look so bad at the same time. Yeah, yeah, or you know, like the rumors that you know how like there's uh there's rumors that like iCloud runs on like a um Microsoft server backend, like a cloud right. backend or something. Yeah. So it's like I'm just gonna create conspiracy theory and say that like Sony's PSN also runs on the Microsoft cloud backend. <laughs> Um, in my you know in my you know just a theory that i'm throwing out there that like sure that's why xbox live went down as well because uh secretly ps i mean really where where is sony's network infrastructure you know what i mean like amazon google and microsoft all have significant cloud infrastructures right true so what is sony's cloud infrastructure do they do they have one they must be licensing someone they have four overworked like they have four overworked employees in Japan <laughs> right. that have one server sitting there, and they're just like <laughs> three of them. All they do is blow on it to keep it cool enough to keep yeah. running, and then the other yeah. guy is constantly typing on a keyboard just to keep up the, all the data transfer between. Yeah, them. it's like old school Nintendo. They're like pulling out the server blades and blowing <laughs> on them, sticking them back in again, like ready to go. Imagine it being a very sweaty place that smells. Um, guys, I got to tell you, I I am still nervous about Destiny. Yeah, I watched. I'm loving it. I'm watching our Twitter feed, and people are flipping, flipping their lids. I watched. Yeah, I watched like two hours of it on Twitch yesterday, like from various various people playing the game, and Mm -hmm. it just like it. If I had never played Borderlands, I would think that this game is probably amazing. But I have played Borderlands, and this to me looks a lot like Borderlands, but without the humor or like kind of the poppy art style, you know. Mm So I am, I am still nervous about, like, I want to play the beta. I want to play it with you guys. And I mm-hmm. think playing together would be fun. But on that same note, we could probably play any game together and have a great time. Probably. So we're just going to have to wait Back and see. to Star Wars Galaxies, I say. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. I think they closed that, actually. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> gone um okay so in our last bit of news something that i know that we are all excited for miklos studio announced out there omega edition yay which is like sort of in the same way that ftl created a uh, advanced edition yeah. out yeah. there is going to have an expanded edition as well and i am so excited for this the game's great yeah nice dude, dudes really in the world making making great games oh man i'm so excited so new aliens a new ship uh or new multiple new ships a new ending um profound space sadness. yeah i wrote yeah and pr- more profound space yeah. sadness yeah that is like one of the the darkest like 
you know, it, it's very broody that game, but yes. it's, it's in a good way. I mean, you know, yeah. oh, yeah. it definitely captures the feeling like of being in, in space all alone. Like in the movie Moon, they yes. took that and made a game out of it. Yes. Yeah. So I'm Just, so uh, excited. I uh, is there any date on this? They have now. No, there's no date that has been announced at this time. But I think they're going to do this. The game will be coming out. I think they're trying to bring the game to PC with this yeah. new expanded edition. From but from what I understand. If you already own a copy of the game on, you know, iOS or Android, you will be upgraded for free. Oh, cool! Yeah. I think they they were showing off the PC version at PAX, right? Yes, they had that running, and yeah. the, and this is what they were talking about working on. I think at the time, right? I don't think they had the Omega edition running on PC, but they just no, like no, no. their base yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, and the guys, uh, the creator, they're going to write like I think I read there's going to be something like fifty new like game segments that he's going to write as well. So oh, I think that's, awesome. that's gonna yeah it's gonna add a lot of variety to the sort of like roguelike choose your own adventure style aspect of this game. Yeah, that's a yeah, great sweet. game. Yeah, so we'll, we'll end on a high note today, you guys, and we'll uh, uh-huh. yeah yeah, and then we'll, yeah. So why don't we uh, we'll take a little break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Squid's Odyssey for the 3DS and Guardians of the Galaxy: The Universal Weapon on mobile. You almost got uh, Nate to Google Goatsy, by the way, on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty amazing. It's just a cute goat. (laughs) It's just a cute goat. It's just a cute baby goat. I was going to write that we had talked about making a Goatsy game. Uh, Remember we were going to make one that had images that you had to pull, you had to find the Goatsy and pull it apart? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Good game operation. Don't don't touch the sides. You'll make it bleed. Oh, boy. So all three of us played a game called (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy, (laughs) the universal weapon. Uh, I picked this game up kind of randomly. I've been playing a lot of tablet games because I've been up in the boonies. And um, I I don't know. I've been enjoying playing on the tablet. So I saw this, and I saw that it was... um, I had no internet purchases and I saw that I had no internet connection to play. <laughs> and I said, that's a great plane game. And I'm yes. going to be flying again in a couple, couple days. So I'm like, I'll pick it up. This game needed no further description on the iTunes marketplace other than the first line written in all caps. Yes. If, yeah. Okay. If you are a game developer and you're developing something for the tablet, here's my advice to you. Don't put in app purchases in there. And don't require an internet connection because that way we can play your fucking game while we are traveling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, which is important if you have a mobile game to make your game actually mobile. So um, Ah, clever. Yes, make it actually mobile. So what What did you guys, why did you guys get this game? Because I know why. Uh, I because you guys got it and you wrote a line down that says no in-app purchases and no internet connection required to play. And I was like, okay. And then I went and looked. I was like, five bucks? Sure. And I bought it. Yeah, I was kind of, I kind of did exactly the same thing. I saw that this game was available, and I was really sort of disappointed with other sort of games in this same. I, I don't know, they're not exactly the same, but you know, games like the uh, Star Wars 
IP-based games, if you will. Yes, the IP-based yeah. games. So even, you know, as cool as, like, Dragon Age was, like, I didn't want to spend any money on it. And as cool as the Star Wars game was, the amount of money that you would have to spend on that game for it to make any sense was way too high. Yeah, yeah. So when I saw that this game was just like, hey, it's $5, no in-app purchases, no internet connection, you can just play this game. Um, I was like, yeah, I'm willing to take a chance on this game because... You know, I'm stoked for the movie. I don't know anything about the comics, but you guys told me that it's great. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. So I, guess I it, get a little it, nervous about these games because uh, I always fear that they're going to tell me jokes or things from the movie that I don't want to know yet. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, but I don't feel like that was the case here. It's just kind of a fun beat 'em up. Yeah, I mean the the general mechanic of the game is is pretty simple. You control four members of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and you can swap them out. And it's, it's just an eight stick controller, so you just have to move your thumbs around to eight different sticks to control it, right? <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> you just you just click on the character you want to move, and you click somewhere on your little uh, little map, oh. and your character moves to that location, and then you click on the enemy you want to attack, and they attack that. But some people are sort of like strikers. Some are shooters. Um, some characters can heal. So there is a little bit of, of strategy I'm kind of discovering. You know, you kind yeah. of create like a, a formation of your characters and you have like, at this point I have like Groot healing my team and then I have Drax in the front kind of hacking people up and Star-Lord in the back shooting people. Then you get different unlocks where you can unlock combos, which I think is pretty cool and innovative. So mm-hmm. if like you have Drax, I think, and like Gamora together, you can hit a, a button and Drax and Gamora will do a combo together. And same with like Groot and Rocket Raccoon. So I think there there is you know there's a not, I wouldn't say a lot under the hood here, but there's definitely something going on that's fun. <laughs> well, the, well, the real the real point I was trying to make is that we have a mobile developer. This is put out by Marvel, but they don't they don't in house make games. So mm-hmm. somebody somebody made this game, but we yeah. have a mobile developer who who thought, okay, we're making a tablet game. Let's not require internet and let's make the controls something that people naturally do on a tablet, which is like click a spot drag to another spot and click another spot like it it just to me i'm like oh my god the reason i'm enjoying it is because it's made it's clearly just made for a tablet and plays well on the tablet you know like everything that you should do that it seems brainless but then never seems to happen with these games yeah this (laughs) this game works it works in the same way that a game like combo crew works from the game bakers Mm-hmm. is that they set out to make a game that works on the tablet and not try to shoehorn in some other kind of game mechanic like the uh you know virtual sticks virtual that everybody sticks. loves so much yeah 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 so um but yeah i agree that there is a bit of strategy here a lot more than i expected at first you start off and it's really kind of vanilla you know you're doing the basic moves and you're like okay i mean i get it but this seems pretty simple and they do r- ratchet up the difficulty um, over time, and, and then you can start pulling off combos, and, and it's fun. A little segmented play, so it's not like a, you have to sit down and play for an hour or anything like that. It's it's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. was it probably like three five-minute levels, maybe? three A or level five could level. take like literally 30 seconds. Or 30 yeah, seconds. They're, they're yeah. quick. They're yeah. quick. Well, I do so, like that there there are, like, your characters level up. You can have mm-hmm. skills that you distribute, and there's loot, and you can equip your characters with different items that you find, and you can buy stuff. And um, So, you know, there's a lot that you can actually, you know, you could probably spend a whole flight, a four-hour flight playing this game and, and play it the whole time, you know, as long as your battery stayed intact, which I think is pretty cool. That's sort of like when I, when I buy mobile games, I'm like, all right, can I take this on the plane with me? Am I going to get sick 
sick of it in 45 minutes right. or can I keep playing this? And I can see myself playing this for quite a long time and still enjoying it. There's so. like a ton of characters to unlock. It was like 25, at least 25 yeah. characters. Yeah, it's it like, a lot for sure. Yeah. And it definitely carries the sense of humor of the comic and what I think the movie is going to be. Um, oh, along. there's a story, right? Yeah. There's there's a, like a little, little comic story. Book. And, uh, but there's even little things like, did you guys read the, the hints when they're like flashing through the screen? They, they put hints up. No, I don't think that? I did. So, like, when you were downloading the game, and I think through different loading screens, they throw up these little hints underneath the thing. But they're, like, they're just basically jokes, like, over and over and over again. And there's a bunch of different ones that, like, you know, it's unknown who writes these hints. And then they they, hmm. they wrote something about Groot. Uh, and then every once in a while, I'll just say, I am Groot in all capital letters. Like, they're just, like, <laughs> a bunch of, like, little insidey kind of comic book jokes. But they're... Mm-hmm. But they're funny, and it's like to me, I'm like, that's what this should be is like just a fun, fun, funny beat 'em up game, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It all just kind of works. I I'm trying to go through each level like to completion. You have to kind of like if you want to complete every level, there's three tiers, and you almost need to kind of level up the levels right. to finish them. And I think you have to play each level maybe five or six times to to max it out or whatever. And so I'm only in the first world, and I thought the game was pretty easy, but then I went into the arena. Have you guys tried the arena yet? No, I have not. It's like a horde mode where you just fight waves and waves of enemies, and I got to, like, I barely made it through, like, wave seven or something like that, because they really do, like, if you, for anyone that is picking up this game, if you start playing the game and you find that it's easy and you're, like, leveling up too quickly, just go to the arena, and you'll see that, yes, the difficulty does ratchet up, and your strategy and the items that you equip and sort of the gems that you combine and, and sock it onto your characters will become important later on. The uh, the kind of style and humor of the game and the the way it plays so well reminded me of, uh, is it Castle Doom bad? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same kind of sense of humor, same kind of like works because they made it the right way for a tablet kind mm-hmm. of game, you know, like same kind of art, like fun cartoony art. Like I that the two games have totally different styles, like totally different play styles, but because they're different games, but mm-hmm. had the same kind of like feel to me when I was playing it. Just a really enjoyable, like you said, Ash, a really enjoyable game that you could just sit down and play for a while and, you know, have a good time. And it's not like doesn't require much of you other than paying attention and yeah. swiping and having fun. Um, I will say the game is $5 right now on the market. I don't know how much it was when you guys bought it, but yeah, it is $4.99. Yeah. And uh, the point I was going to make is sometimes things cost money, guys, that are good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay. Yeah. We don't need all of our mobile games to be free. We can pay a little bit for them. It's, it's, it's all right. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I would much rather pay for something and find out that I don't like it than to get a game that's free to play and just make myself continue playing it because of the, a yeah. sunk cost fallacy or something like that. So, right. Um, Anyways, but, uh, but yeah, game uh, Game of Thrones. Wow, well, I almost said it. <laughs> uh, Guardians of the Galaxy: The Universal Weapon. I've I've really been enjoying it, so I, I'm glad I'm glad you guys hipped me to it before yeah. the podcast. Is this on? Um, I know this is on iOS. Is this on Android yet, or did you get it on your on your iPad? I got it on my iPad. Yeah. Okay. So cool. I do. I will say that I did see a couple. I don't know if you guys saw this. I, every once in a while, when the screen got really loaded up, I would start getting some like visual hiccups. Did you get that? No, at I, all? I got that as well. Yeah, I just, I, it's I probably gonna it be like a, a bug fix. It's a patch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because there, there's a, if you look at the character list, there's a couple of coming soon character spots. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to imagine that there will be future updates for this game. How how do you guys feel? I know this is just a game, but do you feel like it's faithful to the source material? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, more to the movie, I think, to the, than the comics. Oh, okay. 
but there were but, yeah. a couple of characters that I don't think are going to be in the movie that were um, that I saw that were selectable, like oh, really? Mantis and stuff. Like Mantis is just from the books. I don't think oh, she's yeah. necessarily in the the movie. I guess yeah. I mean sort of in in terms of the look and feel and the you know the enemies and stuff like that. No, I mean it, you know it's it's definitely it's like a simplified kind of kitty version, but mm-hmm. the characters have abilities. I think that they actually have in in the books and in in the show. I mean. They're not making like Gamora shoot lasers out of her eyes, which used to piss me off with comic book video games. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, people do what they they do. Like Groot can regenerate and fight and Rocket has a rocket and she has machine guns. And so I think it's cool. I mean, it, you know, for a mobile title, if you're excited about Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, I, I think you should definitely check it out. Great. Uh, so the last thing that I wanted to do today is just talk a little bit about Squid's Odyssey since I've had some more time to sit down and play it. Um, so... You know, we've talked about Squids in the past, and Squids Odyssey is a game that started, or Squids started out on uh, mobile devices. It's made by the Game Bakers, who who we like a lot, and um, they released two games, Squids and Squids Wild West. And so, with Squids Odyssey, they rolled up all of that content and then put that on the uh, 3DS and the Wii U, and then added a new character and some new hats and uh, a new campaign as well. And uh, it's I'm I'm really having fun with it, which is saying a lot since I, you know, played both of the titles on the mobile device. And now that I'm playing it on the 3DS, I I wondered how I even played it on the mobile device in the first place because I think the addition of the physical controls um adds a lot to the gaming experience. And I think the fact that you know, you guys you I don't know if you've ever played Squids or seen it, but it's it has kind of a slingshot sort of angry yeah, birds yeah. mechanic, you know. Mm-hmm. So the the levels are actually very complicated and it's very easy to sort of fling one of your characters off the ledge and lose them for the remainder of the battle. So your precision is really important. And that's why it's so cool to be able to use a stylus to be able to attack the enemies and navigate some of the more difficult levels in the game. And then, uh, you know, just having the physical buttons makes it easier to do things like view the map and like get back through your inventory and do stuff like that too. So, Mm -hmm. um, for anyone that hasn't had a chance to to check it out, um, I wrote an article. It's on nerdappropriate.com. You can see a little bit more about what Squid's Odyssey is all about. And it's kind of like, you know, in the same vein as, uh, you know, we were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. They set out to make a game that worked on a mobile platform. And it, it certainly does work on a mobile platform, um, you know, like the iPad. And bringing it to the 3DS with sort of more enhanced functionality, I think, is a natural step and i think for the amount of content that they have in this downloadable title there's something like 50 missions in the game and Mm -hmm. um maybe like 10 to 15 different characters the same idea you can you sit out with a party of four and you can rotate characters in and out based on your play style they all have um you know there's four classes of characters so you can decide you know what the best mix of those characters are based on the objectives of the level and the enemies that appear and stuff like that. So it on the surface, it looks like it's very simple, like a kid's game. But once you start getting into the nuts and bolts, as you say, there's sort of a lot going on under the hood in terms of upgrading and customization using items and stuff like that. So Squid's Odyssey, I think it's it's great if you have a 3DS or a Wii U. It's It should definitely be considered as part of your game library and again another game that could be played on a you know on a plane for hours at a time yeah awesome awesome yeah i know those guys um i was tweeting back and forth 
uh, with the Game Bakers a couple weeks ago, trying to find out if they're going to be at PAX because mm-hmm. they're really fun to talk to. And I don't think they're coming to PAX this year, but they did say that they're working on something really big. Uh, they can't announce what it is yet, mm-hmm. but they have a, a new title kind of in the works, uh, you know, post combo crew. So oh, we'll definitely be seeing more from the Game Bakers and. You know they're definitely um, with me close. They're one of our our favorite French studios. So yeah, I think keep I your eye that, on the game makers. I think I read that they're working on a a comic for Squids and maybe even a kids like television series. I heard Just, about the television series, yeah. yeah. But I know what they were talking about with me was uh, definitely a, a game. I don't cool. know for what platform yet. But. Nice, that's really exciting. And I I know we've told this story before, but like the first time we met them in person at PAX uh, East was like hilarious. It you was. Remember? Where we yeah, met them yeah. in the concourse and like we, what was it our first, second day or third day and we were just kind of like haggard, disgusting, yeah. tired, yeah, yeah. We met them in one of the hallways and they're like, "Oh, so sorry, we just stepped off the plane. You know, we must be disgusting." And they're like, suit and tie, yeah. like you know, scarf, like yeah, French people, totally. yeah, like, yeah, amazing. <laughs> just looking glamorous and we're like, "Yeah, you guys, you totally look gross." You right guys now, even sure. smell amazing. I know, <laughs> I know. I know we love those guys. I hope we can meet up with them again soon. Yeah, for sure. They're cool. In a future event. So thanks to the Game Bakers again. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, is that Ash. are we done? We did Throw it. it out. Yeah. Crazy. So we just had a lot to talk about this week. I know. Thank yeah. you guys uh, for listening to episode 162 of the Rated NA podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and that's at Neuroappropriate. Uh, we will be at Comic-Con probably when you are listening to this. So um, yeah. definitely follow our Twitter feed and we'll be doing Comic-Con updates. And we're going to try and use our Instagram a little bit more yes. um, yeah. this time. So we need to have a group powwow about that. The Instagram is also Nerd Appropriate as well. It is. It is. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't use it all that often. So we're going to try and do that. And you can uh, email us directly. And that is Ash, Matt, Hillary, and Scott at NerdAppropriate.com. And, of course, Facebook slash Nerd Appropriate. And uh, we have a Facebook page with some updates there as well. Uh, thank you, guys. And we will see you from Comic-Con. Yeah, good luck at Comic-Con this week, you guys. Have fun. Thank you. Thank you. I'm already tired. <laughs> see ya. been raining here for like three days straight oh yeah yeah it's like overcast and drizzly it's sunny out here a little overcast Mm. and that was the weather hour with nerd appropriate enjoy your weekend (laughs) afternoon showers with a chance of uh bright sunlight (laughs) chance of bright sunlight yeah Keep it tuned to Local 3 all weekend. We'll be tracking the storms for you.